This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. West Ham 1, Liverpool 3, Magic Mo turns on the Starlers. Reds look to get moving ahead of transfer deadline day. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome to the post-game podcast here on Blood Red as we react to Liverpool's win over West Ham, whilst we also have transfer news too with the Reds closing in on a deal for Preston North End defender Ben Davis. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp on Salah's sprinkling of stardust at the London Stadium. He will never stop. Um having a massive desire for scoring goals, so for sure not. So he's, um, he's a top, he's a world-class player, there's no doubt about that. The Echo's chief Liverpool writer Ian Doyle looks ahead to next weekend's huge clash at Anfield. City, you'd have to say, are the favourites, they've got a game in hand, but you know that game at Anfield next weekend is looking more and more tasty. Plus, our regular contributors have their say. In terms of moments, though, in, in, in the match, the Millie Klopp exchange when Milner came off in some ways could be seen as the iconic moment of the season you know regardless of what happens this season insight analysis and opinion all to come right here on the post game podcast the post game podcast on the blood red channel well it's all over here at an exceptionally cold London stadium and Liverpool have done it again they've come to London and they've earned a 3-1 victory uh, against a team who could be considered one of their top four rivals just like against Tottenham on uh, Thursday night it was another excellent performance from the Reds uh, I mean the, the only real fault you could you could say is that they conceded a goal towards the end uh, through Craig Dawson who, who uh, was allowed to ghost in and just get a consolation for West Ham but really that was just a footnote it was a very impressive performance on Liverpool and it answered a lot of questions really not least the one about you know they, they've struggled certainly in recent weeks uh, since the start turn of the year I should say to break down defences that you know have been uh, got players behind the ball and we saw against Manchester United in the FA Cup Liverpool went there and scored twice though they did lose Tottenham we know that they under Jose Jose Mourinho they like to de- to defend and uh, Liverpool got three goals there and could have had more and they've uh, it took a while to get through but they they got the three goals here today I mean the first goal was uh, owed a lot to uh, or very much everything to uh, Mohamed Salah great thinking inside the area he took a pass from Curtis Jones who had literally just come on on the right hand side of the area just cut inside onto his left foot saw a little gap uh, over the right hand shoulder of Lucas Fabianski in the West Ham goal and, and knocked it in and that was a certainly that's what Liverpool deserved they they played okay in the first half but you could see towards half time they were building up a little bit of pressure in the actual before the break the best chance came for West Ham uh, Andy Robertson had to head a Pablo Forlan's effort off the line after it deflected off uh, James Milner but that wasn't really representative of the game itself Liverpool dominated possession I think they had 72% in the first half uh, and then as I say Salah got the uh, first goal uh, 12 minutes into the second half but the highlight of the game really was the uh, the second goal, which came about 10, 11 minutes afterwards. Uh, it was a West Ham corner, actually. They'd responded decent, you know, quite well to, to going behind. They put a corner in from the right. Andy Robertson flicked it away with his head, came to Trent Alexander-Arnold, who was breaking out of the right-back position. He touched the ball twice and then thumped a diagonal over to the left-hand wing, where Jordan Shaqiri, uh, who was one of several players who'd come into the team, played quite well. 
he, without him breaking stride, he just hit a, a looping cross from left to right. And in the box was Mohamed Salah, who, who took one touch to just to pluck it out of the sky, and then another just to flick it past the goalkeeper. It was a, as I say, it was a superb goal. Liverpool got another goal towards the end as well. That was through Gini Wijnaldum. Another substitute made a difference. Roberto Firmino, he ch- exchanged a, f- a pass with uh, another substitute, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, a back heel came to Firmino and he played it across inside the area to Wijnaldum who's just tapped it in and that was a, a goal that his performance merited. I'd say there were a number of good players for Liverpool on, on the evening. Uh, one of them in particular was Nat Phillips who uh, started, uh, I think it was only his fourth or third game I think for Liverpool in the Premier League. Um, certainly his fourth appearance for Liverpool in the Premier League because he came on against, uh, against Tottenham on Thursday and he slotted in very well against uh, Jordan Henderson. He'd actually of course made his Premier League debut against West Ham uh, at Anfield back in October he was up against Sebastian Haller then and dominated him throughout although he was given a different uh, challenge today through uh, the informed Mikhail Antonio you've got to bear in mind that West Ham had won six games in a row in all competitions coming to this game and to, to the fact that Antonio was substituted towards the end along with Jared Bowen that underlines just how well how well Phillips had played uh, it wasn't just him they'll say Henderson did well the t- Trent Alexander-Arnold he, yeah, he had an involvement in the first two goals and he, he showed that he's getting back to his best form Thiago again he I thought he did better as a slightly more advanced in the midfield and even you know Divock Origi has been much maligned he, he he did well he took him a while to get going but in the second half he started throwing himself about throwing his weight about I should say a bit of physical presence and I was particularly impressed with the, the way that he went um, overall then I think to say Liverpool can be very very happy with this result uh, the games still keep coming um, they got a game against Brighton on Wednesday at Anfield and got, we'll wait and see whether Sadio Mane who was absent with a minor muscle problem will be available for that one Liverpool may end up having another centre back in the, in the ranks because as we know the transfer window shuts uh, on Monday evening and Liverpool are very much looking to uh, bring in a, another defender they're still waiting to find out what uh, the actual diagnosis is on Joel Matip although we're pretty sure that Fabinho will be back for the game against Manchester City next weekend and interesting if you look at the table now with Leicester losing to Leeds earlier in the day Liverpool are now up to third they're just one point behind Manchester United and while no one's really talking about the title as of yet they're four behind Manchester City against City you'd have to say are the favourites they've got a game in hand but you know that game at Anfield next weekend is looking more and more tasty the Echo's chief Liverpool writer Ian Doyle at the London Stadium to see the Reds turn on the style and run out 3-1 winners. A second 3-1 win down in the capital this week for Jurgen Klopp's side as Mohamed Salah got his brace and Jeannie Wijnaldum also on the score sheet. A 12th different starting defensive centre-back pairing for the Reds at West Ham with Nat Phillips chosen to partner Jordan Henderson in defence. Well, with reports emerging during the game with West Ham that Liverpool are looking to sign Preston North End defender Ben Davis, Jurgen Klopp was asked about the result, any potential signings, and Mohamed Salah all in his post-match press conference. Jurgen, is it timing from the manager or timing from the players when a goal comes from Curtis Jones' first contribution of the match and a goal comes from Kiri's last contribution of the match? Players, of course, coming on and, 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 and making this run. Actually, the last words I told him, please be cheeky. Uh, be cheeky and, and, and try something, be active and these kind of things. I didn't think that he starts with that with the first touch, but it was good. Um, and Shaq's last ball was an incredible ball. Um, but with Shaq, he played really good and he maybe could have played 90 minutes, but 
that's the problem in the moment that you just don't know. He didn't play like plenty of games and then had before that slight injury problem. So we are, we, my mood is constantly concerned about injuries. I'm constantly concerned about injuries. We try to save everybody and um, like it was with Millie as well. So, but as far as I know in the moment today, nothing happened um, uh, injury wise. And so played a good game um, and won. Um, Got three points, which was absolutely great. Speaking of injuries, what results have you had as regards Joel Matip's scan and as cover as well? There's been reports that you are moving for Ben Davis at Preston. What truth is there in that? With Joel, we are not. We don't have the final diagnosis. Like specialists must uh, must have a look and stuff like this until we know exactly. Um, and yeah, to transfer things to, to transfer we don't say anything so nothing to say about until something is done if something will be done fantastic okay in order we'll go Daniel Matthews Nick Callow and James Nersey uh, first of all Daniel hi again can you hear me yes yeah Hi there. Um, I just wanted to ask about um, the discussion you had with James Milner after you brought him off. It all seemed, um, obviously, to, to go rather well afterwards. But could you just tell us what, what was said and what he was kind of slightly unhappy about and what you said to him? He was not unhappy. It was a little bit my English. It was a little bit the situation. So the thing is that we, in half time we changed the formation, the offensive formation, so the setup. And Millie was now slightly deeper, like a double six together with Jeannie. Diago slightly higher. We told Jeannie, <laughs> Millie... Um, because he had his hamstring stiffened up slightly. So we told him, be controlled, um, pa more passing than running with the ball, stuff like this. <laughs> but it was clear we'll take him off. We just waited until Curtis um, had a proper warming up. And then I saw the last long, long sprint Millie had, and I, I thought, well, um, we missed the point, we missed the moment, and I was really, really worried. And he came off there and said, you tell me I have to play deeper, and now, now I run less, and now you take me off, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then he left, and he came back and said, yeah, by the way, good point, good decision, all fine. Nick Callow, and then James Nursey. Hi, Jürgen, can you just say um, a couple of words about Mo Salah? Obviously, nine hours or so without a Premier League goal. I must say something about his mentality, that he can then score two outstanding strikes like that. Yeah, and actually he scored a goal against Tottenham. It didn't count, I know that, but it was a brilliant goal. So um, his, he had nothing to do with it that it didn't count. It was a handball in the build-up, but the goal was brilliant. Um, and even that, for sure, was a good sign for him um, that a couple of things are, are clicking again. And um, tonight he played a super game. Eh? Um, um, was really in the game, was really involved, was flexible, all these kind of things. Kept the ball, um, passing was good. In, in the end, with the controlling of the game, was really good. And the first goal is just a super smart goal um, because I didn't see it back. But from my perspective, it was that I think Fabianski couldn't see the ball really because the box was full and, and, and he chipped it just in a foul corner. Super smart. And the second goal, what a counter-attack. Two passes until, until um, Mo got the ball. So the last pass was pretty spectacular from Shaq. First touch, more outstanding <laughs> Outstanding, world-class, and then nice finish. So, yeah, top game, top goals. And James Ness, James Ness to finish by the looks of it. James. Hi, Jürgen. Um, just um, continuing on about Mo Salah, if I may. Opta said tonight that Mo has scored um, 20 goals or more for the fourth 
four consecutive seasons. That's the first player for Liverpool since Ian Rush in the 80s. He was obviously an iconic uh, figure. I mean, that's quite a stat there on Mo, isn't it? And shows the company he's keeping now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. So I work on a daily basis together with him. He will never stop um, having a massive desire for scoring goals. So for sure not. So he's... Um, He's a top, he's a world-class player, there's no doubt about that. So, um, and yeah, that was said in the last few weeks when we didn't score that many. Um, the only thing you can do, you can try and try and try again and you have to make good decisions or better decisions than maybe. <coughs> and tonight we didn't force it. Tonight we, um, how I said, the first goal, a proper smart goal in the last few weeks, whenever we probably would have tried um, to force it, like shoot through the legs or whatever. And this was really keeping the overview and chipping the ball in far corner, top class goal. Thank you. I don't know if I could ask just one more while I'm on. Um, you said to TV, Jürgen, that maybe in the last week you'd had a really good chat about some things that perhaps helped with your, your recent form. I don't know if you could elaborate, elaborate on that at all, please. Oh, I can. <laughs> Jürgen Klopp not giving much away on the Reds' pursuit of Preston North End defender Ben Davis. Stay tuned to what we have coming up here on the Blood Red channel. We'll bring you the very latest on the move, what Liverpool can expect, and plenty more besides. We'll still plenty here to come on this edition of the Post Game Podcast, with our regular contributors all waiting to have their say. First up after the win over West Ham is Lauren Black. A great team performance, another big performance needed from Liverpool today. And that's exactly what we got. Um, I think the game versus Spurs and this evening against West Ham almost felt season defining before we, we played them. Um, a lot of people writing us off, us almost writing ourselves off. Um, but we've now put ourselves right back in the mix at the top of the table with one point separating us from Man United and four points separating us from top of the table Man City which will obviously make next weekend's game against them a massive one, depending on midweek fixture results and whatnot. Um, I thought the centre-back pairing of Naf Phillips and Jordan Henderson was expected going into this game, and they worked perfectly well together. Phillips has been brilliant when called upon so far this season. It's almost, I almost felt sorry for him when he wasn't given the opportunity, when Reese Williams was given the opportunity over him in some matches. Um, Henderson is just... An absolute machine, never stops running, always in the right place at the right time. Um, constantly offering encouragement and help to, to all the others around him, which is what you want from your captain. You know, he's really stepped up in the big moments this season and the games that we've needed it needed him in at that centre back position or whether it's been in midfield as well. So what an absolute asset he is. Um I thought Thiago played very well again in midfield. He seems to have sort of sussed us out a little bit now and how we play and maybe sussed the league out in today's game. I think he's been given a few unnecessary fouls away in the last couple of matches. He's got himself a few bookings, but um, he didn't didn't seem like that today. His challenges were perfectly timed most of the time and his passing was top-notch yet, yet again. Um Genie Wijnaldum, an absolute machine too. He looked knackered on about 75 minutes. I thought maybe he'd be the next substitution. But yeah, there he is in the box in the 85th minute to score a brilliant teamwork goal. Um, I'm desperate for him to sign that new deal. It's, as, as the season goes on, it's looking less likely. But he will be a huge miss if he does go at the end of the season. Um, James Milner making two matches in three days look like light work for a 35 year old but his replacement Curtis Jones made an instant impact when coming on 
Um, he's a player who looks to pick up the ball, create an opportunity, which is what we needed. I think we needed that little bit of a bright spark in midfield to sort of get things going again, and that's exactly what he offered us. Obviously, the the man of the match was was Mo Salah. Um, a superb from a superb performance from him today with two great goals to make it fifteen for the season in the Premier League. Um, a, a perfect finish. For the first goal to get us off the mark, it was a typical Mo Salah goal almost. You know, turning inside, cutting back on his left and killing it into the net. And then his second goal was just a thing of beauty. A great team with counter-attack goal that Shaqiri deserves a lot of credit for after a great first-time ball. An exceptional touch on his weaker foot from Salah. And then, you know, a nice little toe poke into the net, leaving the keeper no chance. Um, Yeah, just... An, Absolute amazing performance from him, from him today, and he's now netted twenty goals in four successive seasons for Liverpool, which isn't bad for someone who's been um, a one season wonder. Brighton up next, a home fixture against Brighton on Wednesday night. Um, I'm expecting a few changes in the start eleven ahead of, you know, a big weekend against Man City next week. This is an opportunity to maybe you know, throw Curtis Jones in midfield or, you know, you bring Bobby back in up front, maybe give Shakiri another run out and yeah, just a, a nice opportunity to sort of maybe look to see what we can change again. But then also a good opportunity to get more points on the board and keep the pressure on the others at the top of the table, which will make next weekend's fixture, you know, interesting depending on what happens. So fingers crossed it'll be another Liverpool win. <laughs> Game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Mark Baker reflecting on West Ham United versus Liverpool in the Premier League in what was a massive win for Liverpool, I felt, and a really big week because Liverpool have got some terrible results over the last couple of weeks and against sides who are really limited, really poor outfits, in, in my opinion, in the Premier League at this moment in time, especially in in relation to what they can actually offer with the football. I mean, West Bromwich Albion, Newcastle United, Burnley. These are pretty much as as limited in terms of artillery to hate you as you can possibly come across. And for Liverpool to drop points against such teams has been massively disappointing. But it's also a problem in terms of then you're having to make up them points or attempting to make up them points against sides who will be better. So it might be away games against tougher sides, it might be home games, whatever it may be, you'll be having to make up them, them points totals in a much more difficult scenario. And so on paper, that's what Tottenham Hotspur away and West Ham United away would have been. So vitally important and real credit to the team and the manager for the results that have been acquired over the, the last week. And it's allowed Liverpool a little bit of breathing space in that congested area for the top four at this moment in time because they do have to take it step by step I don't think there's any force at this moment in time about the title challenge or you know the points in relation to Manchester City I think it's just about building up a a lead over rivals in in terms of the, the, the top four race and then obviously build them from there because Liverpool's instability over recent weeks has meant that they can't really think Further than that, not only in terms of points total, the instability, but also in terms of the obviously the personnel and the players and the loss of key key players in, in certain areas. Really good performance, Mohamed Salah. I mean, there's not much more you can say about him. Really, absolutely outstanding. One Liverpool the game. There's there's no doubt. I mean, Liverpool have got into just as many 
territorial advantages in games as they, they did against West Ham, which was pretty much total dominance, and haven't had that quality ability in the in where it matters in the in, in the penalty area from players who who normally are so productive and Salah fits into that category. He'd been below his normal level, but his output in general is just absolutely world class. And I mean, the two finishes today, especially the touch for the second goal, out of this world, especially with the the weak foot to be able to manipulate that ball high in the air with pace. And listen, there's nothing I can say about him that hasn't already been said. He's an absolute world class footballer and will continue to be a game a match winner for Liverpool until he plays for the club. I believe that Jordan Henderson and Nat Phillips were excellent. I mean, don't get me wrong, West Ham didn't offer much and the same pattern they tried to follow that has gained, garnered so many points for opposition over the last few weeks against Liverpool, allow Liverpool the ball, be quite passive in terms of your positioning and look to suffocate Liverpool and then work for moments in games, i.e. set plays or isolated incidents where they can try and hurt Liverpool's um, understrength defensive third so it wasn't as if they were un under unsustainable pressure they were having to defend moments but I thought they did so brilliantly Phillips actually when you'd actually break it down in the fact he's played four games for Liverpool and you'd say in all four games he'd created himself really really well and if it was a player who'd just come into the side say Liverpool were to, to buy somebody tomorrow and they'd come in and put the performances Phillips came in you'd be quite content saying how well they'd been doing and how much they looked apart hasn't you know, been caught out physically, positional-wise, been solid. So you'd really have good assurance that he could be, you know, a player who, who could play multiple fixtures and, and not look out of place. Of course, the caveat to that is there has to be a concern about why Klopp hasn't played them on a regular basis. And, you know, he's preferred central midfield players in that area. He's played Rhys Williams, who, with the greatest respect, looks miles off the level at the moment, both in experience and physicality, athleticism, all the things you need to be able to play for Liverpool in that centre-half position. So I believe the deficiency will come out the more games that he plays because the, we're not privy to what the manager sees every single day. And the fact that he hasn't been a selection over them options tells you that there is worrying aspects or possibly more worrying aspects to come, but you can only judge him on how he's done and I think he's been absolutely excellent in all the games he's played. And I think one criticism I might have of Klopp is, and I don't have many, is that when the injuries obviously occurred, I feel as though there may have been a few too many chopping and changing and would it have been better just to give Phillips that sort of opportunity to play successive games and build a bit more confidence and... You know, I look at it and can't understand, for example, why Williams was preferred to him. But again, that's why the manager sees these players every day. So it'll be interesting to see now if he, he goes about getting a run in the side because Matip obviously won't be fit anytime soon. Uh, just one other thing, really, from the game. So, obviously, with the... the I mean, I'm a massive fan of, of, of Gary Neville, I must say. I think he's an outstanding uh, commentator, analyst, magnificent. But... I've seen, and I've seen it muted a couple of times from, from certain people, and I think it's such incorrect and lazy analysis that Thiago slows down Liverpool's game. I mean, second of all, he's barely played for Liverpool. It's been such a small sample size. I mean, he has only played largely in every game against teams who've shown no ambition in relation to when they have the ball, happy to sit in. Now, I'd love to know 
And this is the great thing about great players. And Thiago's been a great player and is a great player. World-class, elite player in midfield. They always take the right, correct amount of touches for the situation when required. That's what sets them apart. That, that is the difference which marks them from other players. And Thiago's no difference in that sense. And I'd love to know what people are seeing. or well, I don't believe they are seeing it because, for example, love him as a footballer, but Jeannie Van Alden, there is not a player who's more economical in possession. And this idea that suddenly all the verve's gone out of Liverpool's midfield and you know they used to wrap it into the forwards and uh, get it in as quickly as possible, it's absolute nonsense. What Liverpool excelled in is quick transitions when the ball was getting turned over, winning the ball high and then springing attacks when teams were disorganised out of possession. Not in relation to, OK, Liverpool have got the ball against the side they were looking to sit deep and suddenly Liverpool were, you know going from breaking lines and going from back to front so quickly because just on a, a basic level, there's no space to be able to do that. There's the, the, the pitch is automatically more congested. Teams now, even more so this season, are sitting behind the ball, happy to allow Liverpool to have it. You know, I, I always get a bit disheartened about the comments about Liverpool have got to move it quicker and move it quicker when they're facing these teams. Yeah, of course, you know, at times you can you can accelerate the game, but it's very, very difficult to do so when you've got men camped in their own half. And Thiago, more than anyone, is not a player who will take more touches than necessary because that is his game. He's a world-class operator at knowing when to speed up and accelerate the game and when to slow it down. So I just think it's absolutely nonsensical. I really do. Quick transitions, yet winning the ball high. Liverpool's midfield have been great at it. Having the ball against a, a deeper line team and penetrating, they have not been. And certainly not, not with Thiago taking more touches than the previous incumbents in the position. So I just wanted to, <laughs> to finish with that, really. But really, really big week. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Geronimo. In a must-win, crucial game, Liverpool donned their darkest silk-lined cape, their nattiest bow-tie, and filed their fangs to razor-sharp. The vampire reds are back. By the end of the match, David Moyes' deathly pallor turned even greyer as Liverpool sucked all life out of his high-flying hammers. Was this really fourth versus fifth, or was this mystical, multidimensional murder ball versus fifth? Curtis Jones is better than Declan Rice, by the way. It's obvious. If Kurt played for West Ham, he'd be starting every match, and the world would be raving like a 90s clubber about him. As it is, he must compete with some of the best midfielders on the planet for his place, and he's getting there. His purposeful run set up Mo Salah, and if there's anything more exhilarating on a football pitch than seeing Mo Salah on form, it would probably be lethal. The second goal. Oh, what a goal. From the time Trent got the ball on the edge of our box, I counted 11 seconds, three glorious passes and five touches, each more magnificent than the last, 
before the ball rolled majestically into the back of the net. If that goal were analogous to the weather, it would be the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. The third goal wasn't bad either. Ticky, tacker, tick-tock, tell your granny about these reds. They're back, they're hungry, hungry for blood. And with Nat Beckenbauer Phillips and Jordan Desai Henderson mercurial at the back, bring on your Brighton. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast saying, let's rock. Owen and Mark with their views on the win over West Ham down at the London Stadium. Well, Steve Dawson still to have his say before we're out here on the post-game podcast. But let's now head into the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group. Alan Downey writes, great result, great performance all round, but James Milner was phenomenal. And I thought Origi had a good game. Nat Phillips was really solid. And what about Allison? He's doing a superb job cutting out danger on the counter-attack. But star of the show was no question let's keep this up you'll never walk alone Paul Tacey says we had arguably six of our regular starting 11 out today yet played with the heart of champions against the odds I was worried when the team news dropped but we never doubt you Jürgen this manager just world class Sean McCartan says big big win up against Moyes tactics a team playing with confidence and Mane added to the injury list was a bit worried when I saw the starting 11 but fully deserved the win it was a really good second half performance after being a bit lacklustre in the first three great goals the second especially Brighton next must win that Come on, you Reds. Andrea Johnson writes, Something approaching normal service has resumed. Great displays from Nat Phillips, Thiago, the whole team, in fact. And what can you say about Mo Salah? Superb. Next up, Brighton. Let's keep the standards up. And finally, Sarah Downey Ruiz Velasco writes, What a fun game and such beautiful goals. I could watch the second one a million times. Great impact by the subs. We go again Wednesday. You'll never walk alone. Well, for more like that, head to the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group. You can follow the link in the description of the podcast or simply head to Facebook and search for Blood Red. Last thoughts on the win at West Ham come from Steve Dawson. Very, very satisfying. I wasn't sure at all that I was going to be saying that at half-time where things looked a little bit miserable, uh, although we had the better of the first half, there's no question, but it, it always looked as if it might be difficult for us to get the ball over the line. But yeah, 3-0 is a super result. Um, six goals in two matches, both of them in London. That's a satisfying few days. Still a lot of ground to make up on Manchester City, but we have them still to play and there's a long way to go in the season. Um, the good news, you know, is really the quality of the goals. I think what a second goal that was. I'm sure other correspondents will, will talk about that and uh, there'll be plenty of coverage of it. That the, the ball from Trent, and the second ball from Shaq, the touch and the finish from Mo, just sublime stuff. In terms of moments, though, in in, in the match, the the Millie Klopp exchange when Milner came off, in some ways, could be seen as the iconic moment of the season. You know, regardless of what happens this season, it was 
it was just really good to see. I, I think Milner asked the question, wanted to know why Klopp gave him uh, an effusive answer. He was, you know, they were they were face to face, having that conversation for a good fifteen seconds or so. Milner listened, then went off and took his place. Obviously, didn't quite fully agree with him, but was there to accept it. Just wanted the explanation, and then that lovely moment. After the goal was scored, Curtis Jones coming on for Milner and then providing the assist. Um, that's just, that's Liverpool. That's, that's this squad. That's the, the atmosphere that I think Jurgen Klopp generates in this squad. The caring nature that he has. It was just so pleasing to see in stark contrast to the pretty awful behavior that I've commented on before when Sadio Mane and then Mo Salah on a different occasion were both withdrawn some weeks ago. I mean, I was pretty sick about that. I think it was just a little bit short of disgraceful. And uh, it's it's nice to see the way Millie came off and the way the manager handled it and uh, and, the, and the result with the goal that, that followed was, was so good to see. Um, I think Thiago played really well. Uh, he, he fades a little bit in the second half uh, of matches. Maybe it's a fitness thing, which is not surprising. He was out for a, a long time. He fouls a bit, doesn't he? He's uh, going to pick up a, a few yellow cards, but he really makes a difference. There was one one pass that he, that he played at pace accurately to the feet through the eye of a needle. What a super player to have in that advanced position in midfield. Really, really good. The other person to to pick out, and you could pick out a good number of them, is, is Nat Phillips. I thought he was just outstanding. You know, um, I think with Dejan Lovren gone, Nat Phillips is our genuine fourth defender now. Virgil, Joe Gomez, Joel Matip, and Nat Phillips. But what we're seeing is that he's actually being used as the sixth choice because Fabinho is there and and Henderson is, is is being used as a defender as well. I think if Matip is fit and there's been some murmurings that his injury might not be as bad as was at first thought, then I think Matip and and Nat Phillips certainly on on this performance would make a sound central defensive pairing, which frees up Henderson and Fabinho to play in their um, more regular positions, and we we've all I think we all agree that the damage caused by our defensive injuries is not necessarily who we put in those central defensive positions, but it's who we cannot put in the sitting role in midfield because Fabinho and Henderson are utilised instead uh, as replacements for our injured central defenders. So, uh, you know, on that on that basis and on the basis of other games I've seen Nat Phillips play, I'm very comfortable with with him taking on more responsibility now. I think he had a, an absolutely super game. Just just stepping back to the beginning of the game, though, and, and looking at the starting eleven, I made a point that was very similar to this quite recently, but when you consider that Origi was selected and an, an ageing Milner was selected, on a day when Mane was injured, Firmino was rested, and when you consider that Gini Wijnaldum is playing every single game and must surely be due a little bit of a rest, it is, to me, 
a bit of an eye-opener that Minamino and Oxlade-Chamberlain were not in the starting eleven on that. I, I do take this as an indication that they are increasingly becoming surplus to requirements. We didn't end up seeing Minamino. We did see Oxlade-Chamberlain, and I think his contribution when he came on was actually pretty good. Uh, his involvement in the third goal, he was involved twice, was significant. But I think it was also noticeable that during the celebrations thereafter, he wasn't smiling. You know, I think he probably believes the writings on the wall. And I think I was looking at his body language, you know, as, as he carried himself around the field. He made good touches, but there was quite a lot of walking going on. I think he's he's not in his happiest of places. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if one or both of them leave in the summer because there's going to have to be uh, some some heavyweight changes in midfield if Genie Wijnaldum does in fact leave. Origi's uh, inclusion in the side baffled me somewhat. Uh, I think he's, he's short on confidence. He was snatched at his chances. There was one effort the ball came in. It wasn't easy, but he was running to the near post. The ball came in from the left. And he used the, the inside of his, his right foot, which is always going to go wide of the post. He was already, his body was already wide of the post. So, and just an awareness of where the goal was and what he needed to do to get the ball on target. It required very, very quick feet and presence of mind, but he needed to get his outside of the foot on the ball and, and tuck it goalwards, sort of a glancing touch. This didn't seem to occur to him. I think he made poor decisions. Um, his strength is wide on the left. He's, he's a little bit unorthodox out there. And um, I think he can do some things that surprise defenders. And uh, there was one point, I think, in the first half, could could well have been the second, where he, he produced a, a nice little piece of movement on that left-hand side. But otherwise, he's, he's, he's just not, he's just not effective for us. And, um, I think I would rather have seen Oxlade Chamberlain, um, in that position from the start of the game. Jurgen knows how everybody's training. He knows the situation better than I do, but I find it a little bit baffling that Origi starts a game like this. One we absolutely needed to win to keep pace with Manchester City. Uh, all power to Jürgen because we did win it ultimately and convincingly. But uh, I think Origi is another one that, that has to go come the summer. And to be fair, we've been saying that for a little while, haven't we? Um, but yeah, super result. Um, the games are coming thick and fast now. I can't wait for the next one because this is now more like the Liverpool we know and love at Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Steve Dawson reflecting on the win over West Ham. Plenty more of analysis just like that and plenty to talk about with the latest transfer news as Liverpool close in on Preston North End's Ben Davis. So make sure you join us on Monday's Blood Red podcast for all of that. Do make sure to leave us a rating and review too wherever it is you get your audio on demand. But on the night, Jurgen Klopp held up his end of the bargain seeing off West Ham on the pitch as Michael Edwards pulled off another transfer masterstroke in the form of a new £2 million defender. 
You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.